The Yankees are up in Fenway this weekend to play the Red Sox. Both teams have been horrible for a while, so who will win the series? Who the heck knows? We'll go through the matchups. Plus, the AL East standings have taken... Taken? Fuck. Fuck you. All right, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, the AL East standings have taken an interesting turn, and we'll discuss how the Orioles have been the best team in the division for nearly a month now. The Field of Dreams game happened last night, and it wasn't nearly as exciting as last year's, but there was an element that was slightly creepy, and we'll talk about that, and more. So get ready, because a new Locked on Yankees starts now. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, Yankees fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastraco. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. That includes Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We just passed 1,350 subscribers. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. It's rivalry weekend. Ooh, I love how they talk up rivalry weekend when both the Yankees and Red Sox have been absolutely terrible. Red Sox for longer than the Yankees, but they've both been awful, (laughs) at least since the All-Star break. And uh, yeah, it's just not who cares at this point. You're so excited. Yay. Um, (laughs) Yankees are in Fenway. Both teams are horrible, although at the opposite end of the spectrum, because the Yankees still have a good cushion in the, you know, if they... Yeah. It was good that they built that huge lead because they still have a cushion at the top of the standings. But the Red Sox <laughs> let the Orioles pass them. And not only that, the Orioles and the Rays are neck and neck. It's just, it's a very strange yeah. thing. And we'll talk about that also in segment two because we need to talk about how the AL East is shaping up because it is not as anyone expected this season. And it's really funny because the experts were wrong, but that usually happens because no one, b- baseball is so weird that. It's it's one of those sports where you can be so sure that a team is going to go all the way from start to finish and, you know, finish wire to wire and go through the World Series. We saw it with the 2011 Phillies. Everyone was predicting the Phillies and the Red Sox were going to play in the World Series. And a lot of us Yankee fans were joking, well, why do we have to have the whole season if you're so convinced that those two teams are going to make it to the playoff, uh, playoffs and the World Series? Red Sox didn't even make the playoffs and the Phillies got kicked out in the first round. So that's just the way baseball is. The Red Sox sort of remind me of when I was covering the Devils in 2019, like 2019-20, right before the COVID shutdown, because they were supposed to be really good. They had the first overall pick in the draft. They got a center, Jack Hughes, who it turns out is, you know, every bit the center that they they projected when he was drafted. He wasn't right away. There was a lot of growing pains, but now he's this incredible playmaker, super speedy, dynamic, and like charismatic. They traded for P.K. Subban. You know, former Norris Trophy winner. They got they got a couple good um, role players and you know tough guys like tough guys, but also good like locker room guys like Wayne Simmons. And Taylor Hall was healthy again. He had he was an MVP in in uh, twenty eighteen. And then they put it on the ice. And the first the first game of the season, home game against Winnipeg, they go up four nothing. 
And then they blow a 4 nothing lead. They lose the next night in Buffalo on a back-to-back. And it was all downhill from there. Like, mm. nothing worked out. Nikita Gusev, this guy that they um, – this, like, winger that they got out of Russia who was supposed to be sort of a game-changing, like, dyna- super dynamic winger, uh, actually was not as good as they thought. Like, not really NHL-ready. Had to go back to the K- – I think he, would, he played another season in the NHL. He went back to the KHL last year. Yeah. Like, just – I was talking to one of the, I was talking to a GM. I was talking to the GM of um, the Vegas Golden Knights one game. And he asked me, he's like, you know, what happened? And I said, sometimes you just, you have all of the pieces that you think you need in place. And it turns out none of them actually fit together in the puzzle. Right. Nothing actually works together. They're all like falling apart, getting hurt. There's growing pains. Um, you know, they had, they, they had no choice but to fire the coach. And he's a very talented coach. It, it, like the Red Sox this year just remind me of that 2019 Devils team in that they had, it seemed like everything was in place and nothing actually worked together. And it's yeah. a really tough thing when you have expectations like that, when you go into the season confident thinking, yeah, we're going to be really good. And then nothing works out and you're almost resigned to like, failure almost it it just it's a really tough thing it's like a weird little twist in the story when you you think this is going to be really good you think the team's going to be really good you're going to have a good season and then you don't it's a weird it it really wears on players sure you know it's a really strange it's almost like this dark cloud is following you and you don't know how to get out from under it right well, the Yankees have had their own dark cloud because since June 18th, they've been under 500. Since the All-Star break, they're just awful. Um, the other thing about the Red Sox, we have to discuss this briefly, the Chris Sale injury. Man. They announced, first of all, I loved the statement because they basically buried the lead <laughs> because they didn't <laughs> reveal his injury till the second paragraph because you're thinking, oh, he had surgery. Maybe he had to replace, replace, repair <laughs> his pinky. And then you get to the second paragraph of the statement. It's like, oh, by the way, he fell off his bike and broke his yes. wrist. And it's like, what? <laughs> That's the kind of season the Red Sox are having. If it's this such were... A, like- baseball kind of injury too yeah you know of course he fell off a bike of course he broke his wrist falling off a bike when he's recovering from getting his pinky shattered by aaron hicks just i said it on the show the other day or was it the other day or yesterday if the season were going better for the red sox this would be a really big blow but because it's not going well at all this is just like the cherry on top of the excrement sunday (laughs) that injury you know and it, 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 I do feel really bad for Chris Sale like he struggled to come back it's been such a tough road for him and then the pinky happened and now he falls off his bike and ironically enough he destroyed a tv in a minor league clubhouse when he yes. got pissed off that he walked in a run and nothing happened to him and that then one he, too yeah it's like what and then he gets his pinky broken by Aaron Hicks on a comebacker and then he breaks his wrist on a bike so yeah it's uh, 2022 is just not Chris Sale's year i i just i hope that chris sale learns how to like i don't know meditate or something because like all of this is is um man it's a lot to handle and i just hope he's like i hope he's okay like mentally (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's a lot and as we know from past experiences knowing about how chris sale is 
cutting up throwback uniforms he didn't like. I'm people were making jokes about the bike. You know, was there scissors around? Like, you know, there was all different jokes about it. But I did legitimately feel bad because I just thought, my goodness, this guy just has yeah, no luck right now at all. Um, so the matchups for this weekend. And by the way, tonight's game is not an Amazon game. It's a regular Yes game. I know Mets fans are pissed that their game's on Apple TV, but Yankee fans, you can rejoice. It's on regular TV. You don't need a streaming service, so you can watch them do whatever they're going to do against the Red Sox. Tonight is Domingo Herman against Nathan Ivaldi. And I have to say, Herman, he looked fine against <laughs> St. Louis. He actually pitched better than most of the other pitchers did. So, you know, he had that rough start against Houston. He was okay against the Mets, and he's been fine. He's lowered that really bloated ERA down, so now it's below a six, and he's steadily working his way back into the rotation. And, you know, he's not horrible to watch, which is always good. Um, Eovaldi, he usually does well against the Yankees. There have been a few rough starts for him, but for some reason he does usually do well against the Yankees. He's 5-3 and three with a 4.23 ERA. His FIP is 4.5, nope, excuse me, 4.45. And he has 93 strikeouts in 93 and two-third innings. And he was coming back from an injury, so it'll be interesting to see how he does and how both teams do because, again, they're both not doing well. Saturday, it's a Fox game. Uh, after sitting through last Saturday's Fox game when the Yankees couldn't hit the ball and then couldn't do anything, um, and listening to John Smoltz and the guy whose name I can't think of who usually does Seattle games r rattle on about nonsense the entire time, we're going to have to do it again on Saturday to watch the Yankees and Red Sox because it's the rivalry. They were building it up during the Field of Dreams game, and I was just rolling my eyes the entire time because it's... <laughs> Who cares? Frankie Montas, hopefully, will do better than he did against the Cardinals. He had a very rough beginning to his Yankees career, and he will be up against Cutter Crawford. Yes, that's a real name. He's a rookie. He's 26, and he was selected by the Red Sox in the 2017 draft in the 16th round. He is 3-4 and four with a 4.30 ERA with 60 strikeouts in 58 and two-third innings. And as I said, Montas hopefully will recover from his uh, bad outing against St. Louis. He gave up six runs in three innings. I will give him a pass just because he was coming back from an injury. He was also coming back from being on the bereavement list because he lost an in-law. So mm -hmm. I'll give him a pass on that. Yes, it didn't look great. Plus, he had to deal with Ed Hickox and his atrocious game calling that day that both teams had to deal with it. It was absolutely atrociously bad. And in the finale on Sunday, which is an ESPN game. I mean, uh, I can't with these games, but K-Rod broadcast, Derek Jeter is joining them in the studio. He's going to be hanging out with his buddy, A-Rod. I will say Hannah Jeter in the captain basically was like, this fight they're having is so stupid. They just need to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She's good for Jeter. I like her a lot. And I agree. It's like, it was 20 years ago. Who cares? Just be friends. You know how A-Rod is. It's fine. Get over it. So Sunday night, Tyone, who's 11-2 and two with a 3.95 ERA. He looked better against Seattle. Still had the home run problem, but they were all solo shots. And it didn't affect the game because the Yankees won. That was the only game that they won in Seattle. So 
You know, if he gives up home runs without people on base and, you know, the Yankees actually score, that would be great. And he's facing TBD. We don't know who he's facing on Sunday night. So, you know, what are you going to do? But we'll see how that goes. The thing that's funny right now is the starters are okay and the bullpen is screwing things up. And all the things that worked for the Yankees when they started off really well, they're fine. Like, they found ways to win when they were doing really well, right, in the beginning of the season. And now they're finding new ways to lose in crazy fashion. Like, the base running. The base running the other night. Uh, Aaron Boone bringing in Albert Abreu ahead of Wandy Peralta. The fact that they had to send down Ron Marinaccio because of options, and he's doing well in AAA. Clark Schmidt had a perfect game through six innings last night in AAA. And it's just all these things that are happening. Yankee fans, I know I was really panicked the other day. I admit it. I was, I shouldn't have recorded right after they lost the last game to Seattle. That was the worst decision I've ever made. They're still up in the division. Worry about the division. Don't worry about the Astros taking home field advantage. Who cares at this point? Don't worry about the Mets passing them in the best record in New York. Don't care about that. Worry about the division. And right now they need to worry about the Red Sox in a moment. We'll talk more about that. And we'll talk about the division because as I said, at the jump, AL East is really interesting this season because of the Red Sox falling off a cliff and because the surprising Orioles, who traded away their closer and their most beloved player, are doing really well. But first, did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. Thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine so you have no more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, you don't feel tired all the time, and you're not low on energy. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of Locked On Yankees, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. I should have had some Curb Fit last night before I had a big plate of French fries for dinner. And this makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to get started now. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you're notified when each episode premieres. So the AL East... Baltimore, what? my former, my first East Coast home. Holy, I'm ex- I'm actually excited about this because I like when unexpected things happen in the standings and people are completely wrong about things. <laughs> the one thing that's correct is the AL East is still good. Now, even yeah. though Boston is three games below 500, they're not as below 500 as a lot of the other basement dwelling division teams because there are some teams that are really under 500. So... With Baltimore and Tampa tied 
for third. No, wait. Baltimore is one behind. They're half behind because they just they lost to Boston last night. That's right. So the Yankees are in first. Toronto in second. Tampa in third. Baltimore in fourth. Boston is three games behind the Orioles right now, which is crazy to think about because of all the things we discussed. Not that everyone expected, you know, um, Boston to be in first, but people expected basically when everyone predicted it, it was going to be the Jays, the Rays, the Yankees and Boston kind of bunched up together. And maybe one of those teams would pull away a bit and Baltimore would just be who cares about Baltimore. That's not happening. And I think it's great. And the thing with Boston is like, it almost felt like the front office and ownership. It was like, okay, we will begrudgingly try this off season to like, add some pieces and and keep this team competitive it's like because you can't sell a rebuild to a large market like that i mean in 2020 the fans like basically rioted when when the team was bad and it was like almost it was intentional right but it, it felt very like begrudging like okay fi- like last year they were you know they were sort of they were on this run in the postseason and it was almost like ownership was like well now we overachieved and we actually have to do some good things or the fans are going to get really mad. Yeah. Um, and as we previously discussed, those good things have not been good. So here we are. We knew that Toronto was going to be good. We knew that Tampa was going to be good. But Baltimore, I was I, I read something interesting. Travis Sawchick um, of The Score, and you know he's written a couple books. He, he looked up some of the numbers and um, it looks like a lot of what's going on in Baltimore is the result of the new left field dimensions. And this is kind of like one of the cool things about baseball. I know that over the off season, there was this, there was a dumb Twitter debate. Somebody was like, somebody put out a hot take and he was like, you know, I think that um, all baseball fields should have the same dimensions because baseball is the only sport that does not have all the same dimensions. And, And that's actually what makes ball makes baseball sort of unique is that the parks play different. The dimensions are different. And I think that's a cool aspect of it. And now we're seeing sort of the result of that in play out in Baltimore. You know, San Diego brought the fences in um, years ago and it, it's it's working like Baltimore is actually like it's also the result of their rebuild. You know, they've been able to get some new players up there. Adley Bruchman has been as advertised, but it, it's one of these like unique quirks of baseball and it's working in favor of the Orioles right now yeah I will say Trey Mancini was partly happy that he left the new dimensions of Baltimore and now he'll be hitting balls into the Crawford Crawford boxes Crawford boxes yeah so um and he already did so (laughs) you know it's interesting because I joked at the beginning of the season because Aaron Judge I think missed out on three home runs because of the new dimensions and then since then he's just been hitting everything to center field and hitting everything at least 450 to take away any chance of him not getting a home run in Baltimore. And that's what you have to do. You have to make adjustments when stuff like that happens and you know it's I thought it was interesting that it took Baltimore that long to realize, hey, maybe we should move this fence back because Camden Yards opened when I was in high school and I graduated high school 30 years ago. And it's just funny that they finally came to the conclusion of maybe we should move the fences back because our opponents are having a little bit too much fun hitting home runs into left field. Well, you know, it happens in San Diego. That was such a hitter's park. They were a pitcher's park. They were having trouble getting 
hitters to come there and right. want to stay there. Yeah. And it, when you're hitting into that ocean air, the, the way the ballpark is situated in San Diego, that air is so thick that it gobbles up fly balls. Yeah, pitchers loved it. Jake right. Peavy loved it. But it, it's not – sometimes you have to – you've got to adapt. And if you can adapt your ballpark to give your team a, an advantage, then you do it. So it's not like it's an uncommon thing, but it, it is funny that it took so long for them to come to this conclusion. Yeah. Now, the thing about this is, and I mentioned this, that Baltimore has been outperforming basically every other AL East team for about a month because every time I check the standings, most of the other teams are either at 500 in their last 10 or under 500 in their last 10, and Baltimore is usually above. There was at one point... Toronto was one and nine in their last 10 and Baltimore was nine and one in their last 10. That was like a couple of weeks ago. And looking at the standings today, the Yankees are two and eight in their last 10. Toronto and Tampa Bay are both five and five. Baltimore seven and three and Boston is four and six. And Baltimore's run differential is plus seven. It yeah. wasn't plus the last time we mentioned them. So good on them for doing what they're doing and shaking things up in the AL East. And the funny thing about this is on Reddit, for some reason, Reddit keeps showing me all these other forums that I'm not a part of, but I was looking at the Blue Jays. And at first they were very excited because they, had, they hadn't played Baltimore all season. And some Blue Jays fans were like, yes, we have Baltimore for 15 games. And then after Baltimore won the first series after the All-Star break, they're like, yeah, no, I'm not looking forward to playing. Baltimore this much in the second half because they might really screw things up for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Briefly, we spoke about this already. We'll talk about it again. Yankee schedule does not get easier for the rest of the season, basically. The whole rest of the season, this is the true test for the Yankees. They play Baltimore. Nope. Boston for three. Sorry. And then they have all those games at home against the Rays, the Jays, the Mets. They're not off till the 24th. Yes, it's at home, but they're, you know, they're still pretty good at home. They're 41 and 15, but these are hard teams and it's not going to be an easy task, especially with the way that they're playing. Um, so, yeah, hold on to your butts, Yankees fans, because <laughs> this is the true test. This lead that they have right now, they are exactly 10 ahead of Toronto, which is still good. And it would take a lot for them to lose that lead, but it is possible. So just keep that in the back of your heads right now because of who they're playing the rest of the season. It's a lot of back-end, in-division series because they didn't play the Red Sox for most of the first half. So they have series against them. Uh, they have one last series against the Baltimore at the end of the season. They have that series against Texas that they didn't get to play at the beginning that they tacked on to the end because of the lockout. So yeah, there's... This is the true test. And we'll see if the guys that they think are going to come back for September are going to come back. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on Stanton. We'll see if Harrison Bader, the guy they traded for who's injured, if he's going to play in September. Uh, Luis Severino, there's a whole bunch of question marks. So this is, yeah, just take deep breaths. Zen baseball, Yankee fans, zen baseball. So in a moment, we're going to talk about the Field of Dreams game, or I'm going to talk about it because I watched it. And we'll just discuss the differences between last year and this year. And, you know, I don't know. And some people's opinions about Field of Dreams itself. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. 
Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Their bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Since 1999, Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement rings. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. If it's not perfect, no problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee, so you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need that special purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Every order is insured and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. So go to BlueNile.com today and find your forever peace. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Abby, did you know that esports, they do an Excel tournament now in esports? I found that out this week. People actually play Microsoft Excel and people bet on them like who's going to win the tournament I I, I <laughs> yeah yeah I could have I would have never in my wildest dreams guessed that but congratulations to the finance bros that ultimately are going to like make a nice career out of um playing and betting on Excel yeah um, Yep, and you can bet on it. Wow. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, I was shocked. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I would never win that tournament. I hate Excel. I think Excel is the devil, and I don't like it. So, um, yeah, I just, I have a mental block when it comes to Excel, and it just never works for me. So I just thought that was interesting. I mean, they could basically turn anything into a sport these days, which I mm -hmm. find amazing. Yeah. Speaking of sports, so the Field of Dreams game was last night. And, you know, last last year's game was insane, insane with all the home runs and the walk-off, and, you know, it was... It was better than this year's. You know, the Cubs had a 4 nothing lead right away, and then, you know, the Reds halved it at one point, but then they never really got anything going, and the Cubs bullpen shut them down for, like, three innings, and it was just like, eh. But what they did during, if you didn't watch it, they had teased a Harry Carey experience for Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Then it was leaked that it was a hologram. And it was also leaked that some of the people at Fox were like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work because it's kind of creepy. And then Fox <laughs> went ahead with it. And it was just as creepy as you as could imagine. Yeah, oh, like this aug I... augmented reality thing is just, it's too much for me. And I, I don't like it. No. I didn't watch The Field of Dreams. I mean, it was on in the background. I had to have um, dinner with a couple hockey people last night. Um, so it was on. I, I won't say that I like I didn't fully watch it, but um, I was, you know, in conversation and I, it was on in the background. So I can't say that I really paid that much attention to the augmented reality, but, um, you know, maybe I'm glad I didn't. You know, you're be glad. Be be very glad because I'm uh, 
it was like okay, so let me ask you this question about the field of dreams game so um now they've done it two years in a row and it's been a success ratings wise it's been a success it gets people talking um the players seem to really like it you know david ross had a good quote about like going through the cornfields and seeing or going through like the road that leads to the complex and seeing all the fans that are like welcoming waving the teams um it seems like it's been a success and to me i can sort of like compare that to the nhl doing the winter classic or the outdoor games and initially they did the winter classic and then they expanded it to the stadium series and there's a couple more outdoor games now every season and people thought the novelty was going to wear off of it but I think maybe from a TV perspective, the novelty has worn off of some of the outdoor games, but having covered quite a few of them myself, I can still see that it means a lot to the communities. Like it means a lot to the fans that the game is showcased on something like that. And it's really fun. The players take to it. You know, there was the game in um, the stadium series game in Minnesota this year, or no stadium series game in Nashville this year. And um, you know, and the players did the, um, they all dressed to do their like walk-in. They they did the Canadian tuxedo, <laughs> and uh, it was Tampa Bay who did the Canadian tuxedo. And then in Minnesota this year, I when I was there for the Winter Classic, it was the coldest Winter Classic on record. And the St. Louis Blues decided they were going to wear beach wear to the game, and they all wore like Tommy Bahama shirts and like um, swim shorts and walked in and flip flops in negative ten weather. And so they had a lot of fun with it. And even just being there and talking to players the week ahead of the Winter Classic, the players still really like it. So here's my question to you. Do you think that the Field of Dreams game or something similar, like maybe a rotation, like do a Bull Durham game? Next year they're talking about doing one in Birmingham, Alabama, which is um, a stadium where, you know, there was a Negro League, there were Negro League games played. Yeah. Do you think maybe this should be either like a game or a series every year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe just, maybe just a one-off game. Cause that makes it a little more special. Um, but no, I really like it. I do. And you know, you have some fans who don't like it and feel the truth, but I, I think this is a really good thing for baseball. And they had Joey Votto was mic'd up. Ian Happ was mic'd up. Um, and they seemed to enjoy the fact that they were mic'd up. And we saw it during the All-Star game, you know, uh, with Trevino and Nestor Cortez and how the fans really liked that. And I think that baseball would be better served if they did more things like this because it would bring more eyes to the game, younger yeah. eyes maybe to the game. Like maybe not a yeah. Field of Dreams thing anymore because that movie is old. It came out when I was in high school. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those relics that older people like. And if they can do some sort of thing, like you said, maybe rotate the stadiums, do different sites for different things mm -hmm. and make it a once a year marquee matchup between marquee teams like you know no one knew the cubs and the reds were not going to be that good this year because everything was supposed to happen in 2020 originally and everything was pushed back so yeah i think it should be a once a year thing i think it would help baseball a lot and i think you can rotate some of the sites you know because next year they're not doing the field of dreams game because the complex is being turned into like a big youth sports complex yeah um so they can't do it next year. That's fine. That's why they might be looking into Birmingham, Alabama. You know, look into some other sites. I think the idea to have uh, to like commemorate some Negro leagues things is pretty cool. Um, 
I think that's a great, I think you can wrote, you can go back to Field of Dreams. The uh, Look, I think the movie's really corny, no pun intended. Yeah. I just like, that movie to me was never, I don't know, I just like, I roll my eyes when I watch it. And I know that this is such a controversial opinion because people are like, oh, nostalgia, blah, 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 blah. But I think there are better baseball movies. Yeah. I think everybody knows, like Bull Durham is probably my favorite movie of all time. And I think people know that about me. Like I've tweeted about it enough and you know, I, it's on my Twitter pro, you know, bio, like Mike social once said I'm a little excessive for the Carolina league. And it was like, I loved that moment when he said that to me, um, he called me dirtbag Cause he knew that I went to long beach state. He was joking around with some of the other reporters and he was like, Jeff Fletcher, the Orange County Register beat writer. He's like, look at Fletch and his dime store haircut over there. And he's like, and then look at dirtbag. It's, it's an August game. Isn't this a little excessive for the Carolina League? It's <laughs> um, just kind of like, you know, grabbing all of us. And it was a funny moment. But um, I think you can, you know, you can sort of maybe draw on some of those movies, some, um, you know, some baseball history, uh, things like that to rotate this game and rotate the site for this game and eventually you can probably put it back in Iowa. As much as I don't like the movie, I think the optics, the visual optics of that game have been fantastic. Yeah. So I guess you don't have to like the movie necessarily to be a fan of the game and the whole concept of it. And I think that's gonna have the same effect in baseball if we do it. Yeah. Maybe no more holograms. Like yeah, don't like do that. a hologram of Babe Ruth. Yeah, like, no, it was it was creepy. Don't, I suggest to anyone who didn't watch, don't don't even look because it really is nightmare inducing. <laughs> I get the sentiment, but I don't know. They could have just showed a clip of him doing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" on yeah. a screen or something, and not make it really creepy. So, rivalry weekend is here again. The Yankees are in Fenway for three against the Red Sox. Uh, we will have everything you need to know about the series on Monday. Um, <laughs> what was my feeling before the Cardinal series? I don't remember, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, who was right? I, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but. <laughs> sure. You were right. I was, I was, I don't have doom and gloom for this weekend though. I, I'm not feeling bad about this weekend. I'm just feeling kind of like exhausted this team has exhausted me this last week because it's just been such bad baseball to watch and especially staying up for you know um west coast games just i'm no <laughs> i can't this weekend i cannot handle it this weekend so yankees if you want to be nice to me and actually win like two out of three That'd be great. You make me and Meatloaf very happy. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to the show on every podcasting platform available, including Apple, Google, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube. Click on the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And when you're looking for something else to listen to after us, why not listen to Locked On MLB? Make your second listen of the day the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan, you can call him Sully, brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every baseball team, including his Red Sox, and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate our podcast and spread the word about this one to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you.